0: You're not wrong, right? Like, I Mm -hmm. I, I will say that for sure. Can you say that again? You are not wrong.
1: Um, Oh, yeah. of Def leopard. step inside walk this way it's you and me Kirby hey hey as we kick off episode number 99 of the Promo Upfront podcast I am one of your hosts Phil Petrie with me as always the captain of corrugated cardboard yard signs the one and only Kirby Hassaman. Kirby how the hell are you
0: today? Heavy <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> you and I've talked off air Uh, I've written articles about it. We've had a lot of uh, challenging times here in the last uh, couple of weeks, not only locally, but nationally. Um, And so, you know, I think though I um, tend to have a pretty good perspective on those things about, you know, and try to have a, a grateful attitude. The reality of it is, you know, there's been fires, there's been explosions in Kachaktan. Um, obviously, yeah. the the uh, shooting. You always say that the word tone deaf would be tone yeah. deaf if we didn't uh, yeah. kind of allude to that, and that his, it's weighing on me. Um, and so, though I'm going to, you know, continue and continue to be as positive as I can. I mean, the honest yeah. truth is, I'm it's heavy.
1: You? It is, yeah. No, same same here. Dealing you know, with a lot. Uh, you know, just uh, uh, stressed out overwhelmed at times. And, and then you add yet another school shooting, this time in Uvalde, Texas, which is uh, west of San Antonio. It's just, uh, these are rough times sometimes. So it's really hard to be up. But I, as we talked off air, um, happiness, uh, joy is a choice. And so yeah. Kirby and I are going to try to have as, little, as much fun as we can on the podcast today. And And get things done. But speaking of getting things done, Kirby, you know, distributor listeners, if you are doing little or no marketing because you don't have time, or maybe you're spending too much valuable time compiling branded product content and building email and social campaigns, or, or there's more, or maybe you're using an industry service that doesn't create beautiful, unique marketing campaigns that uses... Content only from the suppliers you choose, mm-hmm. then AMP. If, if you can answer yes to any of those questions, then AMP from our good pals over at Promo Pulse is the marketing platform for you, Kirby. I know you're a big fan of it, uh, you've used it, and it's been uh, pretty effective for you and your business,
0: absolutely. And I, I think you know, the reality of it is, you mentioned it uh, the, the lifestyle images. I mean, I think w- what um, the best pieces of marketing in our industry are the ones where it's not just a picture of a mug with a logo on it. it, it the lifestyle right. images are the ones that um, really move the needle. And right. Jason and the team at Promo Pulse focus on those. And so you mentioned they're beautiful emails. They drive, um, they drive activity. And I think yep. the automated part of it is so valuable because as you said, we get really busy. And so then we forget to do it. And it creates sales yeah. cycles that go like this. And we've all had them, right? You're not doing the yep. automate, the, the proactive stuff while you're busy. And so then you're not busy. And so I think it solves a bunch of problems. So yeah, I'm a big fan.
1: 100%. You can set it and forget it. And again, they're from suppliers you choose, the ones you prefer. So you can amplify your sales by staying top of mind with all your clients consistently through those beautiful outbound marketing emails, using content from your preferred suppliers and campaigns that are unique just for you. It's really personalized. Best of all, it only takes five minutes to get started. And just like a Ron Popeil rotisserie chicken cooker, you can set it and forget it. That's right. You want more info? Of course you do head over to promopulse.io slash amp. And, uh, I don't think you'll be sorry you did. It's well no. worth the uh, well worth the investment, well worth the investigation. So here we are, episode number ninety nine. Crazy. We are <laughs> next week. We record episode one hundred. Now Kirby and I are kind of wondering what we should do for that. If we should do anything different, we've bandied about some ideas. But for both of the people who end up listening to this podcast, if you would in the comments section put down some what you'd like us to do. Is there a topic you'd like us to discuss? Yep. Is there something that we used to do in the podcast you'd like us to bring back for a special edition? So we are celebrating our 100th episode next week. Uh, pretty excited about that. And uh, so we'll go from, we'll, we'll go ahead and broadcast number 99, but we're, we're pretty excited about number 100.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, uh, and it's always it's funny on those milestones. You're always just like, okay, do I do something different or do I just keep doing what I do? Um, and so I think that's sort of what we're trying to figure out.
1: <laughs> maybe we just maybe we just play music. Maybe that's what people want. <laughs> that's
0: right. Yeah.
1: Um, oh, don't ever do that again. <laughs> All right, Kirby. But I, what, I do, what I do want you to do is go ahead and start us off with your first topic today. Yeah. It, uh, it's going to be something marketing branding. Let's go. What do you got? Yeah.
0: So I, the, the headline that caught my uh, attention, it's not promo related, but certainly marketing related, is yeah. that Pepsi is stepping away from the halftime show. They'll no longer sponsor the yep. Super Bowl halftime show. Um, and obviously uh, this past year was, it, it, it's so funny. The, the the last 10 years, I think it's like, the halftime show is either the best thing on earth or the worst mm-hmm. thing on earth, depending on who right. you ask. And this year the divide was very uh, generational. Um, mm-hmm. I thought this year's halftime show was amazing, but I was in that generation that listened to that style of music growing up. And so it was awesome. Um, I was surprised to be honest with you mm-hmm. that Pepsi would want to step away from this. Cause I felt like, and again, I don't know what the price tag is. If mm-hmm. I'm being honest, yeah. I haven't dug that deep into it, but man, you talk about brand recognition and the, and the ads leading up to it and all of the, mm-hmm. the things that go on. Um, I was a little surprised. So I have a couple questions. Number one, are you surprised that Pepsi's stepping away? And number two, who do you think should step in? If if you were the brand X, what would yeah. what would be a good sponsor for the halftime show? I have a couple of thoughts on that. If you want me to go first, but I wanted to know what your thoughts were oh, with Pepsi I'll, stepping away.
1: I'll go. Okay. Um, I did not listen to that music growing up, and I thought the halftime show this year was amazing. So <laughs> I think it was a lot of generational, uh, but still, I mean, I think if you have an open mind, it was it was a damn good show. Yeah. Was I surprised Pepsi stepped away? No, because I'm sure the price tag is exorbitant and I'm not sure what say they have in the entertainment. My understanding Mm -hmm. is that is NFL driven Mm -hmm. and NFL doesn't even pay the performers to be there. It is a exposure only sort of payment system. So I don't know what the cost of that is. I have to believe it's, it's, Beyond my wildest comprehension. <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me they stepped away because I'm sure it's just a very simple uh, that, you know, spreadsheet analysis, right? Yeah. It, it's we spend this and we can't identify an ROI for that. As far as who's stepping in, that's the easiest answer in the world. <laughs> uh, and it's not Coke, by the way. Okay. It should yeah. be Dr. Pepper. It should be a soft drink of okay. some sort.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. It
1: should. It's uh, I think uh, I think that would be smart marketing uh, to to hop in and say, well, you know, they couldn't handle it. We got it. <laughs> but, but the key is, I think, for like I said, and I don't know this for a fact, but my understanding is the NFL is the one that really kind of gets the talent. I would want if I'm spending again, I Whatever don't know, is. 20, 40, 50 million a year. I don't know what that is. I'd want to say, you know, what did Bill Parcells used to say, the old football coach for the Patriots and Jets and, and Giants? If you want me to cook dinner, then you gotta let me shop for the groceries. So right. if you want, if you want me to sponsor your halftime show, I want to say in who's performing. What about you? Do you think were you surprised Pepsi popped out? And who do you want? to sponsor that besides Hassman Marketing, which is clearly (laughs) the choice.
0: Yeah, right. Um, Yeah, I I was surprised uh, just because I did feel like it was prime real estate. Something you said, though, really quickly, I wanted to respond to. You talked about it's a simple spreadsheet sheet spreadsheet, mm-hmm. spreadsheet decision. And I think that is a challenge, right? Because I think mm-hmm. that when you're talking about, uh, brand marketing, and we've talked about yep. this on this podcast before, it is incredibly yep. di- difficult to measure that, um, yeah. from, a, a spreadsheet perspective. And I think that we 100%. get as marketers, we get in trouble when we do that. I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I was surprised, um, that they were stepping away. Um, the, 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 brands that popped into my head i mean i hadn't thought about dr pepper mainly because i hate dr pepper as yeah. a drink um but um i i actually thought well the the natural one was, is the anheuser Busch bud light because they spend so much money yeah. which means that i thought miller light would make more sense yeah. because they could kind of steal some of that uh share without having to do <clears throat> the creative because that's the part that right. we don't talk about right is that right. we always talk about oh it's this much to air and add But Mm -hmm. there's a ton of money in creative, um, which the halftime show, in theory, could have less of. And then the other one was just Doritos. Uh, Doritos, I think, does a lot with the Super Bowl, and I think they do it really well and creatively. So those are the, Mm -hmm. so Miller Lite and Doritos. I'd actually be curious to hear what the audience thought, who who should pick up the ball and, and, you know, throw that in the comments after you tell us what we're supposed to do next week.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, you said, you know, just to build on what we were talking about, the, the spreadsheet analysis, right. You Mm -hmm. do get danger. You know, very few people go to a business and say, I saw your ad on this billboard. Here's my money. Yeah. It's very difficult. So sometimes you have to go by, this feels like we're moving in the right direction. It seems like we're getting more engagement, things like that. Yeah. Um, I think where you run into challenges is when companies are run you Know it all always comes from the top. And you can tell companies that are run by sales and marketing folks, <laughs> and you can tell companies that are run by um accountants and analytics. And, and there's not one right way, by the way. Yeah. Each of those types of organizations are fraught with challenges based on the type of leadership. But you can usually tell, like I don't know this, but I would bet very I would bet money that Pepsi is run by more numbers-driven accountant people currently than creative uh, marketers or salespeople that are looking for exposure to grow grow sales. So you can always tell those things. It's not hard to figure it
0: out. Yeah. I think that is interesting because from my, I hadn't thought about this till just now, but you know, one of the things that I would be excited about from a marketing perspective is all of the news coverage it got because it was polarizing. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. uh-huh. people either love the halftime show or the or or they disliked it. And in all those news stories, you were talking about the Pepsi halftime show. <laughs> and so I think yeah. the marketers of the world were probably going, "This is great," but yeah. the, the CFO saying, "Yeah, but show me where it sold a six pack." And I, I get exactly.
1: Both, and then both conversations. And then and then you have the other people that are constantly white knuckling in the organization. They're constantly white knuckling the halftime show. Is it going to be controversial? And is our name going to be attached to that? Right. So you have that aspect too. Good, interesting stuff. Yeah, I'd love to hear from uh, both our listeners if uh, you know who they think should be sponsoring our halftime show. So
0: we got a lot of homework for them this week. <laughs> we
1: do. So I, I know we're trying to keep it positive, and I, but I want to talk about something that that you know in a in, and in I think just workforce right now. Uh, something that ASI brought out uh, late yesterday. So this is a very last minute uh, thing. Um, ASI uh, published an article about the mental health, how it's deteriorating among American professionals. And it's a study from a think tank called the Conference Board of 1,100 professionals, uh, office workers. And here's some of the numbers, Kirby, and you don't need to write these down just kind of absorbed them. 50% of them reveal that men- their mental health has deteriorated since the onset of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. 58% of them reported that increased workload is the main uh, attributing. That's what they mm-hmm. attribute it to increased workload. And what's interesting is the divide. 61% of uh, remote workers versus 44% of office workers say that the increased workload is really taking the toll. So it seems to be hitting people who work from home more than it does people who are in a traditional office. The biggest issue, 84% say they often or always think about work outside of work hours. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Um, Now, some organizations are doing something. 88% of organizations are offering programs that support mental and emotional well-being, but only 29% of the respondents said that those programs were were effective or useful. Right. So th- there's, So I wanted to know, you run an organization, you run several organizations, you have employees. I know you personally, and I know you've one of the biggest hearts of anybody I know. And so with stresses and things like that, what did you try to do to help the emotional well-being Um, of your organization. And how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, what about your emotional well-being?
0: You know, I, I think that despite all of the things that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, um, the the realities of the world today, I'm doing very well. So thank you. Um I don't know if this is the direction that this makes sense. And I think what I'm about to say might be a little bit controversial. But I believe that with every um, turn, every change, every thing that we do, that there are consequences and unintended consequences. And from my perspective, this is one of the unintended consequences of completely working from home. Yep. And I know that's going to be a, a, an unpopular opinion. I don't think we so. are meant we are not meant to do life mm-hmm. alone. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that people who are at the office are Mm -hmm. saying it's 44%. And the people who are at home are at 60, whatever percent. There is value in having a commiserate relationship with other people. Um, I, I, I really believe that. And to answer your question, what am I doing? I am going around every single day, checking in five, 10 times a day with employees and saying, how are you doing today? What can I do to help? Yes, you can, in theory, do that on um, in a virtual world. I don't think people are because it's not like, for me, it happens every time there's a break. I'm like, I'm working on something. Right. I'm editing this podcast. I'm doing this. Okay. It's time for me to take a quick break. I'm going to walk up and check on people. And, we're, and obviously then we can do fun stuff and we can like literally, one of the things when I interviewed a bunch of my employees this at the beginning of this year and said, "What you know? What are some things you'd like to see us do?" Several employees unprovoked—they didn't know what questions I was going to ask them—in mm-hmm. back-to-back meetings mm-hmm. said, "I really want to do things, get together, and do things that are fun again." Yeah, I miss that. I think that it, I'm a believer in the hybrid concept where you can work from home if you need to. Yeah but that I think there needs to be a a space where you get together and and it's what we do. So I put my money where my mouth is. We own the building that we're in. I believe that the unintended consequence of working alone is that you're going to see more anxiety and depression. I, 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 that's what I think.
1: I don't, I, first of all, I agree with you hundred percent. And second of all, that's not, I don't think that's controversial. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's, I think that, I think what you said is, is exactly correct. We are social beings. We're meant to be around others. And the unintended, you know, there is a law of unintended con- consequences. And that is that there is a feeling of being alone, that you're by yourself and that you're, you know, you're kind of battling everything alone. And it's not natural or organic to create conversations through zoom or a phone call as opposed to just walking in a hallway and you're going to get a cup of coffee while someone else is going to the restroom and you have a a little bit of an interaction where you're just like i need out of here let's go to lunch yeah it just that that can't happen when you're alone um you know that's something i struggle with and and right now i right now i'm not okay I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not, I'm not a great husband. I am not a great father right now. I'm working way too much because I don't know how to turn it off Right. because it, you know, it, running a small business, um, there's always something to do yeah, and, and there's yep. always something to do. And I don't have that natural break of leaving the office and driving home. Right. I, yeah. where my office is located in my house, I walk by it. Eighty-five times a day, right? <laughs> so it's always going. Bill, come <laughs> yeah. work on this. Yeah, and so it's something I'm. I am. I've learned about myself. I'm very effective working from home from a output standpoint, in a creative standpoint. I am horrible at self care, right. um, and increasingly horrible at self care. Uh, this is today's Wednesday. We're recording this week. Um, Monday night, I work till ten thirty. Uh, last night I worked till nine forty-five, and, and I start work at about six thirty in the morning. So yeah. that's not sustainable, right? Right. And Agreed. so I, when I read when I read this article, I'm like, okay, I need to really intentionally yeah. get back to doing what I used to do, which is I've got to get out of this house on a daily basis. Yeah. I've got to just, I can't work my work myself through this. Yeah. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Know, and and I guess the reason I'm sharing this is, you know, I, I think outwardly everybody, oh man. Happy guy, and I am happy. I'm not an unhappy person, and I'm not depressed, but man, I'm tired. Yeah, and I guess I'm sharing this and a little being a little vulnerable. You guys aren't alone, man. Yeah, I mean, we are all going through every single person is swimming through their own personal river of shit. (laughs) Don't know what it is. They are, they are, and it, it could be professional, it could be personal, it could be a lot of things. So, uh, I am going to. Uh, reset over the Memorial Day weekend. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I am going to start next Tuesday, intentionally making sure that I get out of this house and take breaks and really try to uh, re-energize myself. I'm I'm energized, that's probably not the right word, but just take care of myself because I don't want to fall uh, into some sort of, uh, you know, workaholic depression.
0: Yeah. and, And to be honest, and just again, Kind of to to echo what you're saying, the reason that um, I landed where I did is that when I started this, I was working from home. And my great fear was that I was a terrible college student, terrible, like mm-hmm. it was really bad. <laughs> I made it through, uh, but I was concerned. I'm like, oh, if I work from home, then I'm not going to work. And it was exactly what you said. It was the opposite. I was up at whatever time and I, I worked until I went to sleep. And so it's the reason I went and bought a building because I'm like I have to have a separation. I, I know that about myself. I get that we're all different, so I I struggle to give yeah. blanket statements. Sure. But I'm seeing it play out with you know <coughs> studies like this over and over again. So I think Me what too. you're going through is exactly right.
1: Well, and I like I I agree the hybrid model. Like in my perfect world, I'd have an office I could go to when I wanted to, and I would decide what that is every week. If I had a bunch of stuff to crank out and I wanted complete silence, then I'd go to the office. You know. So anyway, it's something to pay attention to if if you're and and, uh, I I we'd probably be remiss if we didn't say look if you are struggling and if you are really really struggling, talk to someone, please. Um, I will speak for Kirby and I here. We are if you know us, we will listen to anybody. So yeah. if, you can, if you want, don't want to talk to anybody, talk to us, talk to a professional, but make sure you take care of your mental health. It's a pretty, pretty serious stuff. All right, Kirby, I didn't mean to bring us down. Just thought, no, it's uh, good. So it it's a
0: really good topic. Yeah. Really and good thanks
1: topic. to ASI for doing that. That's really great, uh, great, yeah. great stuff from our good friends at ASI. All right, Kirby, what do you got?
0: Um, uh, kind of sort of builds on this, but not really. But uh, yeah. the, the headline was the, the grass isn't always greener. Um, so apparently new research into the American job market is showing that people who recently quit their jobs (laughs) are itching to quit the new job too. Um, Uh and so, uh, according to a survey of 5,000 employees, um, 21% of American workers who took a new gig in the last year, 40% of that group is actively looking for another job. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Like I, I actually just saw this this morning. Um, that, you know, we've talked about the great resignation and how it Mm -hmm. was affecting so many work with so many, uh, employers. And, and we've even talked about how, you know, what we, the positive side of that is we weren't talking about people who are just starting businesses. Right. Yeah. But it is interesting that we created this, this name for the great resignation. And it sounds like 40% of that group is not happy in either place yeah, does that I guess the question is, does that surprise you? Because I gotta be honest with you, it didn't surprise me.
1: Not one bit. Yeah, not one bit. And I almost wonder if now you know 40%'s a big number, right? Oh, it's a huge number. <laughs> yeah, like I'm no mathematician, Kirby, but that's four <laughs> out of ten. Um, so I I wonder if we're gonna end up calling this in certain, instead of the great resignation. I think it might be better to call it the great restlessness. Mm. I, I think that, and, and this is probably where I'll sound like old man Petrie and get off my lawn, <laughs> but I think this is a byproduct of instant gratification. Mm. And you know, that's when when you you when you grow up with, and and that's not to say kids these days are spoiled or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but if you grow up and you only respond to instant gratification, there's never a banking of experiences to get to the the end result, or there's never that saving up. You know, if if it's all about instant gratification, then yeah, you're going to be, you're going to start a job and four days later, you're going to be like, this sucks. I'm out. I want to quit. So no, it doesn't surprise me because I do think there is, it's not a generational thing, by the way. I think it's more of a technology thing. And, you know, we've got cell phones and I get my candy right now and I get my feedback right now Mm -hmm. and all that. And I think, unfortunately, that feeds into this feeling of, well, I thought this was going to be just super kick ass. And it's not as kick ass as I thought. And so now I'm going to go somewhere else. So, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. I don't know how to get around it. I really -hmm. I really don't. Um, So I I think think you're going to see a lot of this.
0: Yeah, I don't. I actually. So my take on it is I don't think it's new. Um, I think that the reason that it it showed up in 21% of American workers took a new gig, right? 21% because there were so many jobs right then. And so the choice was out there and people who are historically job hoppers had opportunities to job hop, right? Right. What, What we're seeing right now is that the numbers were so high because there were so many opportunities. I think there have been, you know, when I was younger, there were people that you saw, and it was like, oh, every six months they jumped into a new job. Right. That's a, I mean, that's something that's been going on for a long time. Now it's Absolutely. just happening at scale because there were so many opportunities.
1: I think you're 100 percent right. I also think Kirby that <clears throat> there does seem to be a lack of willingness to do traditionally not fun jobs. Yeah. We, you know, I don't know how people are making ends meet. I really don't. But I mean, I still go, you know, pizza, pizza places can't find delivery drivers, right? Um, uh, restaurants close their patios because they don't have enough servers for it. Right. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a wage issue. I don't know if it's a I, I deserve to be happy in everything that I do. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a lot of that. But you're right. Job hopping has been around forever. And yeah. it will always be around forever. I just think there's more of it now. Yeah, and I struggle I with it. I struggle with it.
0: it. Sorry, I apologize to interrupt. Mm-hmm. I struggle with the idea that it's wage. Um, and I know that'll be an unpopular opinion. Um, but it, the reason I say that is let's 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 just use the, the servers. I know, like I was a server, okay? So I get that the, the, the hourly wage is really low. But let me just tell you that the servers who are showing up to the restaurants I go to are killing it from a wage perspective because they're making so much money. So I I struggle with the idea that like every employer I know that's looking for work has raised their wages by a lot. So it's, again, it goes back to the idea that there is a level that you get to from a wage perspective that you're good, that you can pay your bills and all that sort of thing. After that, it's just for show Or, you know, like right. there, it, it, it doesn't affect your overall happiness. And I think that the right. idea that happiness comes with, with from within is something we need to get our head around.
1: Yeah, 100%. And <clears throat> I think there are issues where it is wage. I think the bigger issue is, yeah, they might be paying a lot of money or it's a perception of like a weight person. They don't make a lot of money because they rely on tips and that's an integrated mm-hmm. system, but that's beside the point. It's not about the wage. It's about, I deserve to be fulfilled. I deserve to be happy. I was not brought up that way. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and maybe there's an entitlement there that, hey, I should enjoy my job. I've had jobs that I've hated. I've had jobs that I've loathed. (laughs) And you do those things. (laughs) Yeah, you do those things because there's either things I have to pay for or things I want to pay for. And there just doesn't seem to be in, in a certain segment, there doesn't seem to be that type of, Screw it. I'll do anything, you yeah, know, right. I mean, and, and I don't know what, I don't know. I, I throw out wage. Cause I do think in some areas it is an issue, mm-hmm. but I don't know who knows. Yeah. That's an interesting one, but I think it's the great restlessness, not the great situation. All right. Okay. Real, real quick one, real yep. quick. Okay. Very quick marketing on Twitter. So I read this in entrepreneur magazine magazine. They're asking the question is marketing on Twitter worth it or not? Um, because basically uh, 20% of accounts um, are known to be fake. They're, they're sub accounts, they're joke accounts or whatever, not to mention all the bots (laughs) Kirby is saying no. All right. So you say, no, it does not make sense to market on Twitter.
0: So I, uh, I, um, just wrote on a piece of paper and put it up. So I, my my experience has been, it's not that it's not worth it at all. It's Mm -hmm. that my return on investment on that particular platform is much lower than my return on all other platforms. And it's not close. So, that, so sorry. I think,
1: all right, no, I, I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think you're 100 wrong. Okay, cool, um, cool. <laughs> and again, I'm not saying burn a lot of calories or financial resources on it, mm-hmm. but when news happens, that's where I go to get. I want updates. What are people saying about this? Whether it's sports or world events, whatever, I go to Twitter. There's value in having your content pop up during those moments. So, if running it, running a, a, you know one thing a day at different times or something like that there is absolutely value in that because you do show up in people's nude feed no other platform does that no other platform provides that like twitter does so is there a great return on investment we talked about it earlier i don't know no one says saw your twitter ad here's some money Mm -hmm. but i do think there's value in showing up to me it's a show up platform because it's just a scrolling news feed okay yeah.
0: I, I mean, All right. again, so- well, well, again, I, it's one of those things where I'm not like, you're not wrong, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I will say that for sure. Can and, you and say that again? You are not wrong. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, behave. But, but I, I think when I look at the amount of calories, as you said, mm-hmm. that I burn on other platform, when they're right. equal, I get more yeah. return on other platforms. So I I I guess that's, that that would be, I I think Twitter is one of those that if you burn a, a lot of calories, I think you could get a lot more return than I'm getting. I don't know that I could get as much. So again, you're not wrong, but it's just not been my experience.
1: I, I don't think it's something you focus on. I think it's something you just go, well, I'm just going to resize this and and shorten the message and put it in Twitter because someone might see it at the right time at the right place. That's it. Cool. But let's talk about being at the right time in the right place. If you are listening to this podcast, you sure are damn in the right place in the right time because Promo Pulse Amp, their marketing service is just for you. If you find yourself not doing any marketing, if you find yourself burning a ton of calories on your marketing, hey, stop it. Head over to promopulse.io slash amp. Check out their AMP marketing service. Beautiful curated content that you get to pick sent directly to your clients when you want to. You said it and you forget it. But what we don't want you to forget is next week is episode 100 of the Promo Upfront podcast. We've got a special theme song for you. We've got (laughs) special other things for you. We've got like really the the biggest thing we have planned is...